We have the privilege of sharing these, these middle school and high schoolers with you. We um, have the privilege of working with community church and combining our youth groups. And so a lot of times you hear about that, but today... In flesh, right here, is Valerie Ramos, the youth director at Community Church. <laughs> yeah, I so, the show wouldn't really go on without the team, and we're super blessed by, by this team and all of our volunteers and you guys. Um, this, is, this is our squad. Well, this is probably like what, a third of our squad. There's about 50 of them here. We went on a trip this summer called The Great Escape, and our theme for the trip was... An impossible situation. I almost forgot it. (laughs) It was an impossible situation. Um, And so over these four or five days, we we learned about impossible situations. And so if you guys have come in here today and you're dealing with something that seems impossible, you're in luck because every miracle starts with an impossible situation. And our students are here to share that with you this morning. So um, we'll have five speakers, um, Spencer, Britt, Justice, Aaron, and Beth, not in that order, but they have some great things to share with you. They've been working on it for months. So yeah, just give them your attention and yeah, welcome them as they come up. Good morning. Hi. Um, so my name is Erin Fogo. I'm a sophomore at Gunnison High School, and I'm 15 years old. And today my seemingly impossible situation is acceptance. So acceptance can be a very difficult thing. Accepting you're wrong, that something's over. Sometimes it feels impossible. And about a year and a half ago, I was in denial. Life was hard. My dad was sick. School was incredibly difficult. I didn't feel needed. I didn't feel loved. So when my mom started going back to church and was raving about the wonderful things going on in here, needless to say, I was shocked and annoyed. Who is this God, and how on earth could he fix my problems? I couldn't accept it. No God could love me. No God could make me feel better. No God but the one true God. Because when he told 90-year-old Sarah and 100-year-old Abraham that they would have a child, they didn't believe it. How could that be possible? But God gave them a child. Jesus was born from the Virgin Mary, loved us, died for us, and then rose again. How could that be possible? But God makes it clear so many times that there is nothing he can't do. In Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven, he says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? And a year and a half ago, I was dragged into church, and the truth, this truth, was laid before me. So for a couple weeks of yelling, tears, and resentment towards those who loved me, God included, I started to accept my situation. I sat myself down and I said, here's your options. You can continue to mope around in church and live in a state of unhappiness and anger, or you can invite in the love you're pushing away. And looking back now, there's so many things I have to say, like it's okay to be happy, it's okay to be loved. It's okay to forget your pride and tell your mom she was right about this place. It's okay to let God guide you and love you and give you strength. You can accept him because you won't get through this alone. It's okay to let these people love you. It's what they want to do. So after weeks of what I was prepared to call absolute torture, I started to feel it and finally believe it. 
the songs we sang and the words we read stirred something inside of me I'd never felt before. A feeling I thought was seemingly impossible. And then I was lifted up. I was in a place where God was my strength and I was weak. And um, throughout this year, my connection with him grows. God's giving me amazing friends and opportunities. He's given me hope and he's given me peace. And all it took was acceptance that he could do all of this for me and more. A song we'll perform for you later is called Madly. And uh, it makes me cry every time I hear it because there's so much truth and honesty in the words. It says, I'm madly in love with you. I'm madly in love with you, Jesus. We live in a world where those words are not often spoken outside of this room, which should be different because there's nothing more exciting than feeling the love of God rain down upon you and nothing more refreshing than accepting him into your heart. We're not alone in our seemingly impossible situations. And since my acceptance of Jesus, I've become capable of much more. Thank you. And next up is Spencer Dickey. Hey, um, I'm Spencer. I'm 13. I play the drums. I'm in the eighth grade, and I'm I'm enjoying it. It's pretty fun. So about about six weeks ago, I had a football game, and it was it was here. And, well, we got wrecked, and I was mad. I was really, really, really mad. So I went, and I changed out, and I was sweaty. I smelt bad. All I wanted to do was go home and sit in my room. That's it. So I went over to my parents, right? And they were like, hey, we have to go watch your sister play volleyball. Don't worry. It's almost over. It'll, we'll be home soon. So, so I walk into the high school, right? And the game's just starting. I was, oh, I was really mad. So, so I went in the car and I sat, and about an, an hour later, my parents came back and they were like, we forgot to tell you, we have to go to Paisons for a family dinner. I wanted to scream, I wanted to lose it. I was so, so rattled. So, so I went to Paisons, I, I ate my food, it made me a little bit more happy, but I was still, I was still really, really angry. So... So after I finished my food, I sat in the car and I listened to Caleb. And on Caleb that day was a guy, a guy like telling a story like, what if one day you're just chilling at your house, watching some Netflix or something, and you, you hear the knock on your door. So you, you turn off your TV and you go, you go answer it. And it's just Jesus just standing there. Would you, would you welcome him in? Or would you say, hey, wait a minute, I need to go clean my kitchen or I'm going to go take a 46 second shower. Just hold on one minute. And um, when, I heard, when I heard this story, it made me think about how I accepted Jesus into my heart. And it was about two years ago at like a youth group sort of thing. And um, the message that day was, was about accepting him into your heart, right? And after the message, I thought it was pretty interesting, right? So after the message, Rodrigo sang the song, um, God of the City, all by himself. And I started to cry. I didn't let anybody see it, but I was in tears. I was like, wow. He wants, he wants, he wants, to, like, he wants to like walk the journey with us, and he wants to be with us. I thought it was super cool. So I went home that night, and um, I, thought, I thought to myself, before I do this, everything needs to be perfect. Everything needs to be, my, my kitchen needs to be fine. So my 11-year-old self thought, everything is fine. I'm great. 
but everything wasn't fine. Throughout my middle school career, I haven't gotten the best of grades. I haven't been the best student I could be because I thought, I don't, I don't need algebra to be able to play the drums. I, I don't need that. It's pointless. So, so over the summer, I was like, maybe, maybe I should get good grades. Maybe I should be a good student. So this year, I made, I made goals for myself to, to get good grades, to be, to be a good student, to be the best person I could be. And I'm doing that. I'm getting good grades, right? Um, a couple weeks ago, I got student of the day, and I thought that was pretty cool. And um, so, so saying this, Jesus helped me clean up my kitchen. Jesus helped me get to the point to where I'm at today. It took, it took two years, but it was, it's worth it. I didn't, I didn't go home and cry. I didn't say, this is pointless. I said, it's okay. Jesus is with me. So, I'd like to finish with the, uh, the verse, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, chapter 26, verse like 18 through 19. And, and the Lord has declared that this day that you are his people, people, his treasured possession, as he promised, and that you are to keep all his commands, as he declared that he will set you in praise, fame, and honor, high above all the nations he has made, and that you will be a people holy to the Lord, your God, as he promised. And um, I just thought that was a pretty, pretty neat verse, so... Yeah, and um, up next is Beth Schwartz about to kill it. Uh, that's all I got. Nice job, Spencer. Every time he goes, it makes me feel so much better because he just, I don't know, makes it seem so much easier when he does it. <laughs> so I'm Beth Schwartz. I'm 13 in the eighth grade, and I love to play hockey. I love my family, and I love God. Today it is important to me that I come, I speak, and I make a difference in all of your lives. When I was asked to speak about an impossible situation, I was like, I have one, but I'm not sure if I'm ready to talk about it. So I thought about it some more, but then I was like, no, there's nothing else. My impossible situation is believing. It's a tough thing to think about or talk about, but it's real. You may have grown up following God, or you may have found him later in life, but there was or will be a turning point in your life where you decide to believe in him. And once you decide to believe in him, life gets so much better. I just have to say that. But I'm here to share the journey to my decision with you today. When I was younger, church was just something mom wanted to go to, go to on Sunday, and so we went, but I didn't like it. And when, when she realized that we really didn't like it where we were, she switched us to community and it got a little bit better, and going to King's Kids was something to look forward to every Sunday, and I started to like church more, but eventually I hit a wall. The wall ended up being me. I started asking questions that I didn't think could be answered by God. What if Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were just really good fiction authors thousands of years ago? Or how come science has a perfectly reasonable explanation as to how humans evolved? I continued to be curious like that, and it really didn't get me anywhere. But eventually, part of my curiosity led me to observe other people really closely. And one of the things I noticed was that the people who came to church were moved by a greater being. They weren't here 
for four good fiction authors who wrote a story that talked about a God who in John 3.16 so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believed in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's just a little too far out there even for me. I continue to go back and forth in my head, real, not real, real, not real, real. And at night I would pray to God asking him to write something in my journal or move an item off my desk. I wanted God to prove that he was real. A similar situation in the book of John occurred after Jesus was resurrected. Many of the disciples had seen him, but Thomas had not. Thomas told the other disciples that he wouldn't believe them until he saw Jesus himself. He wanted proof that he was back. John 20, 29, Jesus says to Thomas, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. But I was just like Thomas. I had to see the scars on his hands to believe that he was real. But that didn't actually end up happening to me. About two years ago, I went to the church lock-in with a few of my friends, and Mr. Nichols spoke about his daughter finding God, and I had my first wow moment. I was moved to tears, but when I looked over at my friends, they were all just sitting there like nothing was happening, and so I kind of hid that. But the feeling that I just had was warm and safe and happy and comfortable and stress-free all in one. But I had to kind of shove that in the corner because I was scared of it. I didn't want to feel that. I was terrified that it was something that was going to change me. And so I hid all my emotions and forgot about that moment for the time being. I continued to be unsure about what I believed in. On Sundays, I would go to church and I was moved by what I learned. But I could also think of too many reasons it couldn't be real or that I shouldn't go to church. But at the beginning of this summer, I volunteered to help out with Vacation Bible School. It was awesome spending time with Val and the kids, and it was also refreshing to see the kids learning about Jesus in an easier way for them to understand. It helped me get closer with God, Val, and the other volunteers. At the end of the week, Val gave the Great Escape sign-up packet to me. I went home super excited to possibly be a part of the trip. The God Squad was like some exclusive club that I just got invited to be a part of. I was so excited. So when I got home, I read the entire packet to myself, then to my sister, my mom, my dad, and both my grandparents. I started to go to youth group on Wednesdays, and it became more and more real to me. I started to really feel the presence of God in my life. When it was finally time to go on Great Escape Trip, I was super excited, but I was also terrified. What if this isn't going to be exactly what I hoped it would be? What if I don't have fun? What if I don't have friends to go with? What if my whole summer has been leading up to something that isn't going to be what I thought it would be? It was a constant war inside of me. But Matthew 6.34 says, Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I think that I acknowledged that I was going to be okay, and that God was going to be strong inside of me, just like he always was. I also decided that I was going to try to notice God inside of me more. When we got on the bus to head out, I felt like I was on top of the world, not just because the bus was 30 feet tall. This was really happening. It was going to be so awesome. While I was there, I got to see so many Christ followers, and I noticed there really is a great God leading people in this world. Everyone I met shone with love and excitement about God. It was amazing. And while I was on Great Escape, I accepted God. I grew closer to him. I grew closer to other people. And I met new people. I learned that following God is a choice. And because I made that choice, I didn't care that it was 95 degrees outside with hundreds of other people crowded next to each other. I didn't care that I got maybe eight hours of sleep in four days. I didn't care that I had to wait forever in lines at an amusement park for a 30-second ride. I didn't care that my feet hurt worse than they ever had. I cared that I had found God... I care that he's mine and I am his. 
I care that so many people who know our God is the one and only God. He is the God whose son died on the cross for us, and he is the God who brought his son back to life. Ephesians 2, 4-5 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And that is the God we follow. That is the God I believe in. This is the God for whom nothing is impossible. With man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26. Now it's Brit Proper Nick. Hi, my name is Britt Propernick. I'm 13 years old and currently an 8th grader at Gunnison Middle School. I'd like to start off with a verse, Luke 18:27. The things that are impossible for people to do are possible for God to do. Seemingly impossible situations are brought to us every day, and they're all around us. Often we think that we're never going to get through it, and we have no hope. The Bible says that there's no such thing as impossible, because with God, all things are possible. <laughs> In my opinion, the best way to respond to these situations is with faith. Only because only faith is able to grasp the reality of the impossible. Only faith has the power to move seemingly impossible mountains. And only faith has the ability to look directly at an impossible situation and know it will change. Simply calling out to God changes the impossible in my life, and it can in yours, for no word for God will ever fail. When God gives us these situations, whether it's school, work, family, or friends, he gives us these things to encourage us and bring us closer to him, and it builds our faith. I have learned that when we are in these situations, we cannot ignore it, and we have to face it. And when we face it, we can't do it alone, and we need God with us right by our side. I'm sure most of you are familiar with the story of Moses, but if you're not, Moses was a Hebrew, and Hebrews were slaves in Egypt. Pharaoh was afraid of the Hebrews, so he ordered that Hebrew baby boys were killed at birth, so they wouldn't grow up and fight against him. To save Moses, his mother hid him in a basket by the side of the river. Pharaoh's daughter found Moses, and Pharaoh's daughter took him back to live with her as though he were her son. Moses grew up as an Egyptian prince, but never forgot he was a Hebrew. One day, Moses lost his temper and killed an Egyptian who had beaten a Hebrew slave to death. He ran away to another land, and God spoke to him from a burning bush and told them that he must go back and free the Hebrews from slavery. Moses went to the Pharaoh to ask him to set the Hebrews free. Pharaoh did not want to let them go and lose his slaves. Awful things began to happen in Egypt. There were ten plagues, and before each plague, Moses would warn him about what was going to happen. The last plague was the worst. The eldest son in every family, including the pharaohs, died. Pharaoh was so upset about losing his son that he said that the Hebrews could leave Egypt. The Hebrews knew that they had to leave quickly. Pharaoh changed his mind soon after and sent his army to bring them back. The army chased the Hebrews to the banks of the Red Sea, and they would have been trapped, but a miracle happened. God told Moses to lift his rod, and as he did, the waters parted to make a dry path. They were able to make their escape, and all Hebrews and Moses were safely at the other shore. Moses lifted lifted his rod again, and the the waters of the sea closed in on the Pharaoh's army. God saved the Hebrews. God had promised them a land, and they wanted to find it. They had a long journey ahead of them, and they soon ran out of food. They were very hungry. They blamed Moses. God told Moses, I will give the people food. And the next day, the ground was covered with a white food that tasted like honey. When water ran out, God told Moses to strike a rock with his rod. As he did, water rushed out, and all had enough to drink. After three months of traveling, the Hebrews came to the foot of a mountain. God called Moses to meet him on top of the mountain. When he was up the mountain, God gave him ten laws, which told the people how to live. 
The Ten Commandments were written on two stone tablets. After a while of Moses being gone, the people at the foot of the mountain grew angry. They made a new god for themselves. And when he returned, he saw the people worshiping their new god. Moses, Moses destroyed it and broke the stone tablets. God forgave the people for worshiping another god and told Moses to cut two more stone tablets. Moses took the tablets up the mountain, and God gave them the Ten Commandments again. When he came down, all the people listened to Moses as he told them what God had said. Moses promised God that the Hebrews would keep all the commandments and live by him. Moses and his people were faced with many seemingly impossible situations. They didn't have faith towards waiting for God's plan to take place. And when they lost patience, their faith and hope went with it. But once they faced their problems and trusted God, everything was better than ever. Personally, sometimes I don't have patience, and I lose my faith. I struggle to get through it, but when my faith returns, I begin to have hope and patience. Sometimes it takes me a while to realize this, and sometimes I don't even lose my faith in the first place. But like I said, once I trust God's plan, everything is better than ever. Even though these situations may seem like curses, they are truly blessings. Trust God's plan, and walk by faith, not by sight, declares 2 Corinthians 5-7. God knows we can get through our own personally, seemingly impossible situations, no matter what it is. He will be by our side through it all, and guide us. Just have faith and trust in Him. Thank you. And now, Justice Williams. Hello, my name is Justice Williams. I'm 11 years old and I'm in sixth grade. Today I'm talking about character. And God laid this on my heart um, when I was reading through Proverbs this summer. And then I read this verse, and it's Proverbs 27:21, And it says, Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a man is tested by being praised. And what this verse means to me is the fire, one of the struggles in life is being praised, and when you are being praised, it tests your character. And so another thing that is a fire or a struggle in people's life, lives is being a light everywhere. And what I mean by being a light is showing your love for God and not being ashamed of it. And again, I think the turning point is your character. And if you choose not to have um, strong enough character in God, it won't work out. But if we pray what Psalms 86.11 says, which it says, Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me purity of heart so that I may honor you. I think if we pray this and have faith in God that he will do this, it can improve your character dramatically. So a person I thought of from the Bible with good character is David. And where I'm going to be reading from in 1 Samuel is talking about when Samuel's anointing a king of Israel. And it says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And I love this verse because the Lord is telling Samuel that to look at a king's character and not his appearance, and that character is more valuable than appearance. I think we need to do this more, look at people's appearance. I don't know, character, not their appearance. Um... It's really cool that after David gets anointed king, he goes right back to his work and doesn't brag because how he chooses his character, which which would be really hard to do. And so my seemingly impossible situation from the Bible is David and Goliath. And it's in 1 Samuel 17, 45 through 47. And it says, David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, 
But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with a sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. It's really cool that David trusts in God fully. And he, um, and that's, again, because how he chooses his character. And I think that we need to do this more. Just know that God has it under control. And when we do in the battle, just give the victory to him. And so my modern-day seemingly impossible situation is Pam Johnson. And she's my piano teacher. And she's going through cancer, chemo, and she still has love for God and others. And it's really cool that um, she's not getting mad at God, but instead is letting God use her, which is really hard. And that reminds me of verse in Romans. It's Romans 5, 3 through 4. And it says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength and character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So what I want you guys to take home is how you choose your character is a huge part of your life. And so think about Proverbs twenty-seven twenty-one, And again, it says, Fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but a man is tested by being praised. So don't let others destroy your character, but get closer to God and have faith in him. And when things don't go the way you think they should, just know that God has it under control. And, and so also pray what Psalms eighty-six eleven says. Again, it says, Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Grant me a purity of heart so that I may honor you. Thank you guys so much for listening to everyone and me. And please take home the message. Thanks again. And so, so now I'd like to welcome a few people that went on the Great Escape that would like to say a few words. Hi, I'm Jusania Martinez. Um, I just wanted to thank all of our sponsors, <clears throat> which include Five B's Barbecue, Off Center Designs, Old Miner, and W Cafe. And I just want to thank everyone who, well, the anonymous donors as well. Um, I just want to thank you guys because my life has definitely been impacted by God and by all of you by contributing and helping us continue this wonderful program. Um, I'd like to say a few words about my seemingly impossible situation. If I cry, it's because I'm nervous. It's not because, like, I'm sad or anything. But um, so a seemingly impossible situation for me has kind of been just life in general. And before I welcomed God into my life and into my heart, I felt like nothing like could help me when I had like problems with my family and problems with my friends. And I didn't really have anyone to look to. And then um, my freshman year, I was invited by two of my friends to come to youth group. And that was one of the best decisions I have ever made. Um, once I started going to youth group weekly, um, I definitely started feeling God and seeing God more in my life. And I have met so many wonderful people, and I've made 
a ton of new friends, and I've had definitely, like, a lot of great experiences through that. And um, definitely God has shown me that, like, no matter what I do and no matter how many wrongs I make, I guess that's kind of how you would say it, um, that as long as I just trust him, like, everything will get better and that I can just look to him when I'm not feeling my strongest and he'll show me his love and he'll always show me mercy and he makes me feel like I'm worth being loved and his love is like con- <laughs> it's unconditional so no matter what I do like he'll always forgive me and I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, thank you to all our speakers. We, the worship team can join us. We have one more song to close.